Welcome, friend. I'm Rick Pasquale. Thank you for joining us today. I believe God has a word for you. I know God loves you and has a plan for your life. So listen to this live service and let God speak to you. Second week of New Beginnings, and uh, our Bible verse for the month is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. Amen? The new is here. I love new things. I love Christmas. Anybody like Christmas? Okay. Man, what happened to my church? Did you do something to them? They've gotten weird on me now. We are a responsive church. We make noise in our church. We don't go to a dead church. We go to a live church. Right? If you want to go to some dead churches, there's a few around this city. So you can just show up and, and be solemn and, and don't do nothing. Just breathe. If you breathe too heavy, they'll kick you out. But in our church, we're alive and we got things happening. Good. They're getting it over there now, finally. But this is a, a month where we teach and we, we always believe in, in, in the teaching part of it that because of the birth of Christ, it gives us as believers, it gives us the opportunity to know how to start all over again. Has anybody never made a mistake? Has anybody never sinned? So since I didn't see any hands, this message is going to be for you. When you accept Christ in your life, you're a new person. Everything that you used to do or had done or messed up on, you get to start all over again. And I want you to know, my friend, that new beginnings happen. Life change happens. So I'll read to you a little portion of the Christmas story. Uh, you'll hear me next week particularly emphasize this part. But I want you to know that Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse number 1, is the beginning of it. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. That's big. This was the first census that took place while Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Uh-oh. Now, if you read that and you're just hearing that for the first time, you're going... Did he just read? He weren't they? They weren't married yet, and she's about to have a baby. Uh oh! While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them or no room, guest room was available to them. Father, help us today. Help us to not only communicate your word, but God, help us as people to hear your word. And God, as we walk out of this room or we turn the 
internet off in our house where we're watching somewhere in the world. I pray today, oh God, that we will understand that you have placed within us the ability to have change. You can take us from our darkness and you can move us to light. You can take us from wrong and move us to right. And Lord, I pray today that we will be a people that are open to the change. In Jesus' name, amen. You talk about amazing. You know, this year it's been, this is where amazing happens. I love this year. I've loved this year teaching you about the places in the Bible where amazing things happen. And, and this place that we're going to talk about this month is the town of Bethlehem. You've heard it from any may, many places, the word Bethlehem. But you've heard it at Christmas time primarily because there's so many songs or poems or kids things that they do that emphasize the word Bethlehem. But in this place, this is where Jesus was born. Uh, to me, that's amazing. This, where Jesus was born. Bethlehem. It wasn't the largest city in the world. Matter of fact, it was one of the smallest cities in the world. It was called a town. Why would they pick that place for Jesus to be born? So today I hope to communicate to you about the place. The place of new beginnings. See, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody. So if everybody sinned, that means when I asked you those questions at the beginning of my chat, that you realize that I'm that person. I have sinned. I have messed up. But when we accept Christ into our life, that new beginning happens. The change happens. And we aren't who we used to be. Now, you didn't get to be perfect overnight, or you would not be sitting in these chairs today. You'd already be in heaven. But because we're on this process of becoming like Christ, we're on this journey, the beginning spot had to happen first. You can't skip to the ending or the middle. you got to start somewhere. The somewhere is the belief that Jesus is who he says he was. I believe Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Do you believe that? See, that's the million-dollar question today. What do you believe? Do you believe Jesus was born in Bethlehem? Number one, it's the place. From Galilee to Bethlehem is about 90 miles. 90 miles is a, a pretty good jaunt. It's, uh, if you want to skip the miles and the kilometers and every one else's system of measuring, it's going to take you about 70 day, seven days to walk there. That's a long walk. Some of you think you walk a long ways in this city. How would you like to take seven days to walk somewhere? So I put that measurement in there so that it makes us 
have a little bit more sense of how far it was that Joseph and Mary had to go to a place. You know, if you're going to go somewhere, it's going to take you some time to get there. It's going to take some effort on your part. It's going to take some energy on your part. If you want to go somewhere, you're going to have to put some effort into this. You're going to have to put some thinking into this. You just can't go, oop, I'm there. If you're going to go somewhere in your life, you've got to know that I've, if I'm going to get there, I've got to start here and I've got to go there. The going for some of us is difficult because the journey is not always going to be easy. And besides that, in this story, Joseph is only engaged to the woman he is taking and she's pregnant. So we're going to take a pregnant woman that's about to deliver a baby on a seven-day trip on rough roads on a donkey. Wow. Now see, in this country, they have some very cool cars. I mean, some really cool cars. I mean, a Ferrari's not a bad car. A Maserati, it's not a bad car. They, I mean, they've got some nice cars. A Lamborghini, oh my goodness. I mean, you barely have to put your foot on the gas. Whew. And they would get there just like that. And if you had the pregnant woman in the car, you could get there really fast. Now, I can tell you on personal experience, when your wife is about to have a baby and you're in a car and you're driving to the hospital, you kind of throw the rules out the window. Oh, excuse me, doctor. But I can tell you, especially on the firstborn, when she said, I think it's about time that we're going to have this baby, and we got to the car, I did not drive like driving Miss Daisy. It was not. I put my foot on the gas, and my car went fast. I didn't, I didn't think about anybody else except she was pregnant, and she was going to have our firstborn and I did not want to miss it. I wanted to make sure that baby wasn't being born in my car. <laughs> Hello? So I didn't think that if I just drove real fast and decided I'm going to stop now for gas. And I'm a little bit hungry so I'm going to get a little food. I decided I'm going to put my foot on the gas and we're going to get to that hospital. Now, unfortunately, it was like 30 hours later. It was really fake. I mean, I would have had time to eat. I would have had time to get a few other things. But it was the first child. So you don't know all the information on the first child. Parents, you don't know all the information on the first child. Three parents in the whole room. 
You just don't know. Can you imagine Joseph pulling this donkey with this pregnant woman that's about to have a baby walking for seven days? Dear, you okay? (laughs) Tell me how you got pregnant again. (laughs) Just saying. I mean, I don't know what I'd be doing. I I would have probably had a few chats with myself on the way to Bethlehem. But there was something that God was doing in Joseph's life. See, if you're going to go on a journey, and you're going to get to the place that God's telling you to go, there's always going to be good things that happen. You may not like the journey. You may not like the speed of the journey. You may not like the stuff in the journey. But I can tell you that at the journey's end, it will be all good. Micah was a prophet in the Old Testament. And he specifically stated that Jesus was going to be born in Bethlehem. Now, there's over a hundred prophecies in the Old Testament that talk about the birth of the Messiah, that Jesus is going to be born. But Micah's the one that says exactly where it's going to be. You know, the good thing about a relationship with Christ is he can give you exact information, direct information, perfect information. Some of you need some perfect information. Because there's some stuff that's happening on the journey right now that is making your, your life a little bit uneasy. Because you don't have all the information or some of the information has gotten messed up. Because the pregnant wife is on the donkey. Not literally, but the issues are there. The problem is there. The sickness is there. The financial need is there. The struggle with the house is there. The struggle with the job is there. And you're on your journey to see what God is about to do and you don't know the outcome. Well, I want you to know God has a perfect outcome for you if you will just trust in the process of getting from where you started from to where God is directing you to. And God is directing us today to Bethlehem. So if we get there, Something amazing is going to happen. So if we have the place, see, it was the place of where his family was from. There's something very significant about the place where the family was from. God loves the family. This Christmas time, it's very, in our house, anyhow, it's, very unique in that we think everybody should get all these gifts. Well, at least she thinks they should all get all these gifts. And then I kind of bought into it. So, so she sends me. I'm in Florida with my mother last week and trying to help her along. And, and uh, uh, she sends me this picture of two suitcases. Now I'm thinking, what in the world? She says, oh, I think these will be great. 
Oh, Lord. I forgot it's on live stream. Oh, hopefully the grandkids aren't watching this morning. I got to finish the story, though, don't I? Oh, two suitcases. Now, in the picture, they looked small. I walk up to my office last night in my home, and I looked in my office, and here's these two big suitcases. She bought two suitcases for the firstborn, two firstborn grandsons, one and two, Rocco and Dominic. Because she sent me a picture. Wouldn't this be a cool gift to give two of the grandsons because they travel a lot and they'd have their own and it, and it has Rome and Italy all over it and it's pretty cool. It's in really cool colors and little kids would like that, right? Well, the, our two kids would like that. Okay. Your kids may not like that, but our kids, they get on airplanes and they fly and so they have their own suitcase. They didn't have to borrow mom or dad's or somebody else. They got their own. Well, I was thinking that's a cool thing. And so I said, okay, well, let's go ahead and buy it. She probably already had bought that, but that's all right, because that's how she operates. Tells me later. No other woman in this whole place does that, right? You always have a discussion before you purchase items. I knew I'd touch on something right there. And so I walk up to my office, and here's these big old suitcases. And I said to Jen, I said, how are we going to get those suitcases to America? She says, well, I don't know. (laughs) Now, that wasn't the answer I was hoping for. I thought that she had already figured it all out. How how are we going to get from here to here? Because it's doesn't make sense to buy two gifts for somebody and not get them to who's going to get the gifts. It wouldn't make a good Christmas if if they're sitting, oh, by the way, Rocco and Dominic, we bought you presents, but they're sitting back in Rome. Ah, that'd be terrible. You know, if Bethlehem had not been the place of Joseph's family, It wouldn't have been the place of Jesus' birth. I want you to think on that for a moment. God always has all the details worked out. Did you hear what I just said? You may not know about the Bethlehem, but God's going to get you to your Bethlehem. Why do you keep saying that, Pastor? Because number two, it's the place. See, can you imagine finding the baby now in Bethlehem? Next week, we'll deal with the birth, but I want to skip it. I want to get right to, here's the baby. It was foretold that the baby would be born here. I'm sure it freaked Joseph out to find out his wife was pregnant. And he knew he hadn't been with the wife. But he knew that God had told him something was going to happen here. So he trusted God. He trusted the process. He trusted the journey. And if there's anything that you need to learn this month in the place of new beginnings is that you are going to have to realize that your journey in certain times of your life may be hard. And it may be so hard that you want to throw in the towel and say, no, I'm not doing it. 
But you've got to trust in God. That God will not only get you to the place, but He will fulfill the promises of the place. Hear that. He will fulfill the promises of the place. Luke 2.8 says it like this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Let's pause. I'd be scared too. Hello? The angel showed up. You're standing there doing your job, and all of a sudden the angel shows up and says, Hey! Most of you would come out of your skin. Some of you would pass out. And anybody in the room wouldn't be a little terrified? You'd be terrified. Don't. <laughs> Littlest person in the room. <laughs> She'd be terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. Oh, man, I'd love to preach that right there. The place is going to get you to the good news. You get to the place, there's going to be good news. Listen to that, friend. Some of you think, man, this journey's so hard, 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 hard. It's so hard. If you get there, you are going to get the good news. That will cause great joy for all the people. Not just some of the people, all the people. Today, not next month. The moment had arrived. Today. Today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. When's that day? The day you hear the good news. The day you understand the true meaning of life. The day when somebody tells you that God will give you a brand new start. The day when Jesus comes into your heart and into your life, you say, wow, things have changed in my life. How did they change? Jesus came in. The place happened for you. Born. You're born again. Change has happened. The Savior has been born. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You want signs? You want wonders? You want amazement? You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Wow. They showed up. They showed up to the place. I don't know about you, but if an angel showed up and said, hey, there's going to be something you're going to want to see, I'd go. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, God is trying to tell you that he has a place for you. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you get to be. Now, how's that happen? There's a place being prepared. You're on the journey. The new has happened, and you've got to get to where God is telling you to go. Your Bethlehem is heaven. 
Don't you want to go to heaven? Well, you may have to stop in Rome. Listen. Not you may have to happen. You are here. It had to happen. It may be one week. It may be one month. It may be one year. It may be ten years. I don't know. But right now you're in Rome. Or right now you're watching in whatever country you're watching in. You're in that spot for right now. You're in that place. And God wants you to take you from that place to his place. Now, I may not have had very much sleep. But that was worth at least one amen. Say, you didn't have no sleep. You got here yesterday. What happened? Well, I'm a crazy fanatic football fan. So last night at 2 o'clock in the morning, my Buckeyes were playing for the championship. And guess who was wide awake? Because the time change had not kicked in. I'd only been here a few hours. So I was up at 2 o'clock in the morning watching my football game from 2 o'clock to 6 o'clock. While all you were snoring... I was watching football. So, no sleep. But what I just said was true. Say, well, he's, he's lost it. He's tired. He's delirious. He's making up things. Oh, no, 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 no. God has a place for each of you. It's got your name on it. A house is being built. See, we have to believe this. You have to believe in Bethlehem. You've got to believe it. Because if you don't believe in Bethlehem, you don't believe in Jesus. Really? That's where Jesus was born. See, the place is always significant. Can you remember the place you were born? Hello, raise your hand if you remember where you were born. Some of you are liars. Somebody didn't tell you where you were born? You were born somewhere, right? How many was born in a hospital? How? 20 people in the whole room was born in a hospital? How many was born in a house? More people were born in a house, okay. How many people were born in a car? How many people were born on a donkey? How many people were born somewhere else than what I just said? My goodness, I got a crazy church. I never even thought that. I thought you'd all go on number one. It's like door number one. You were born in a hospital. Yeah, everybody was born. No, 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 not my church. They got all kinds of places. Isn't that crazy how that works out? But the craziness to me says, doesn't matter where you're born. You remember. At least somebody told you. I can't remember, but I was born in St. Mary's, Ohio. That's where I was born. I've been back there a few times. I've driven my kids through that little tiny town. So this is where your dad was born. Okay, said Dad, let's go on down the road. It wasn't a big deal to them. It's a tiny little spot. It's nowhere. A lot of us are born in in, in just a tiny little spot. But I want you to know today there's a place being prepared. 
for you. But you have to have the new beginning. If you want to get there, you got to start here. At this altar, every week people come and they give their lives to Christ. Why does that happen? Last night at the, at the gala, there were people giving their lives to Christ. The kids' world, last week, kids were giving their lives to Christ. Why? On live stream, people give their lives to Christ every week. Why? They want the new place. They want the new beginning. They're tired of their old life. They're tired of the sin that has messed them up. They're tired of what has happened. They're ready. My friend, you may have walked in this room, and you're just now getting here. Amazing. It's 12 o'clock. People just now showing up. You start showing up earlier. Listen, if you want this place of new beginning, it's a belief in the Bethlehem, but it's a belief of the child of Bethlehem. For unto us is born the Savior of the world. Do you know his name? I could go in that room over there and ask the tiniest of the little children over there, and they could tell me who he is. And where does he live? All those little kids would say he lives in my heart, Pastor. Why? Because we teach our children at a young age, but something happens. Something happens on your life journey that gets you off the donkey. It gets you off the road. It gets you off of going to where you need to be going. Stuff happens. The sin abounds. But where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. See, you're not too far gone. Your journey may be all messed up and things may be all wrong right now. But I want you to know, all you have to do is start again. That's why, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, it's a new creation. The new creation has come. The old is gone. And the new is here. That day, I know where I was born. I know the year I was born. I know the day I was born. I've forgotten many times what time I was born. How many remember what time you were born? Okay, 10 people. You guys are all smart. Most of us have forgotten the time, right? Let me tell you, God's keeping track of the moment, the second And the moment you say, Lord, come into my heart, into my life, he tells an angel, angel, write it down. Write it down. Paul Penza gave his life to Christ on what city? Ben? Colombo, what age? 23. Ernest, what city? What place? 
How old? No, not right now. When did you give your life to Christ? Seven years old. So you and Paul have a lot in common. Coonley? Eleven years old. Alex? When? No, Alex, the one behind you. It's all right. What city? Accra. What country? Ghana. Nasha. How old? Zimbabwe. Salamatu. How old? Can't remember. Imanuela. The city. 22 years old. Waited a little bit. How many got, how many accepted Christ after 30? Raphael was 70. Raphael, right, 70. Yeah. You say, Pastor, why is that so important? God's keeping track. He knows everything about you. Right? The new beginning, the most important day of your life is the day you invite Christ into your life. And I can tell you on your journey, you're going to have mess-ups. There's going to be hiccups. There's going to be issues. But you need to understand that that place that you started... It should be a remembrance in your head that if God can forgive me this day, he can forgive me that day. He can change it this time. He can wipe away all the bad. Ben, have you ever messed up? Ernest, have you ever messed up? Anna, has he ever messed up? Has Paul ever messed up? Tell the truth. Shame the devil. She says absolutely. Even doctors mess up. Listen, my friend. I want you to know. Christmas to me is very, very important. Not because I'm going to get all these presents. And thank you in advance for all the gifts you give me. Every year I get amazed. All the gifts and the love and the cards and all the stuff you give. That's incredible. But Christmas to me is Jesus. The birth of Jesus. Don't go through your life without the new beginning. Don't try. And if you've gone to 30 years of age or 40 years of age and you're still trying to figure it out, I can solve a lot of your problems. 
You put Jesus into your life, and things are going to change for you. It's not going to be perfect, but things will change. And I can tell you this. I was thinking of that beautiful little girl that was reading. Tell me your name again. Gabrielle. I'm sorry. I'm old. I was thinking as she was reading that, not really reading it, she memorized the whole thing. She's not like her pastor, you know. I got to read off the screen in the back. And, but Gabrielle had that memorized. And I thought, and how old are you, Gabrielle? Twelve. What if her journey in life would be no mess-ups, no scars, How can that happen? Jesus. 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 No name given among men whereby we can be saved. The name hasn't changed. The place hasn't changed. The process hasn't changed. It's Jesus. He's still the Savior of our world. And all you have to do is believe. And he can be the savior of your world. Don't you want that? The best Christmas gift you could give yourself is Jesus. The best Christmas gift you could give your family is Jesus. The best Christmas gift you can give anybody is Jesus. place of new beginnings Jesus the Savior yeah it's a story all right but it was foretold and every bit of it came to pass that's why I can stand in front of you today for some of you all the way around the world and tell you the place of new beginnings the place of amazing Bethlehem don't forget it. Jesus, thank you for showing up today. Today you've heard a word from the Lord, and I believe God has spoken to you. So if you say this prayer with me, I know God can change your life. They're saying it live here in Rome right now with me because God can change your life. God has a plan for you. I've told you that, and I want you to believe it with all of your heart. So will you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life this day. Change me. Help me, I pray, oh God, I'm going to live for you. Friend, if you've just said that prayer, I can tell you that God has just changed you and has come into your life. Now, I believe that today you may have listened to this and you've known that God already lives in your life. Well, God wants to speak to you and help you. So I'm going to pray a second prayer, and that prayer is for a miracle to happen for you this day. I believe in miracles. I know you do as well. So let's pray and let God touch you right where you're listening to this sermon. Lord, I thank you today for my friend that has heard this message. Lord, I know that they have needs and situations that's going on in their life. And God, you're a big God, and you hear and answer our prayers. So today, oh God... Will you hear this prayer from your humble servant? God, will you answer this prayer on my new friend's behalf? 
Will you heal them? Will you touch them? Will you guide them? Lord, come in right now, wherever they're listening, Lord, and answer their prayer. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. If you've just said that prayer and listened to that prayer with me, I know that God has spoken to you. Would you do me a big favor? You're going to see, scrolled on the bottom of this, a website with an email address. If you said the prayer that said, God, come into my heart, or today you're believing with me for a miracle, I want you to drop us a quick note and say, hey, pastor, I want you to continue to pray for me and my family. You know, God loves you, and he has a plan for your life, and I'll guarantee you, your best days are still in front of you. So God bless you, and join us next week.